Okay. I want to speak to you for just a few minutes. Uh, we said something Sunday about a sin that could not be forgiven. And that there is a sin that's uh, it's what Jesus called the unpardonable or the unforgivable sin, and that's the blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this mouths to several different things. And uh, Jesus said here in Mark chapter 3, verse 28 through 29, Verily I say unto you, All sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, and blasphemous, wheresoever they shall blaspheme. Then I listened to 29. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost has, has never no forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. Uh, according to Jesus, the unpardonable sin, and it's one of a kind. It's only, it's only one it talks about. Uh, this is the one sin that will never be forgiven. And it says, and never is meaning in this age or the age to come. Uh, the unforgivable sin is blasphemy or the defiant irreverency, uh, unbelief in the Holy Spirit. You know, unbelief is one of the worst things in a Christian's life if they want to call themselves Christians. I have had people say, well, I know that's what the Bible says, but the Bible does not say but. When the Bible gives us a word, that is it. It's not, you know, well, I know it says that, but I feel, well, the thing about it is it don't matter how you feel, it's what God is saying. And that's what we have to go by. And uh, so being defiant, being irreverent to the Holy Spirit, having unbelief in the Holy Spirit, and that's speaking of Christ's work in this world through the Holy Spirit. That's a, it, it's, and uh, it's talking here really about a certain party of people that did this. And this is what Jesus really is referring to. The guilty party doing this, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, unbelief, uh, being not reverent to the Holy Spirit, but it was a group of Pharisees that had witnessed, it said here, they had witnessed unquestionable evidence that Jesus was working miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit. But they claimed that he was possessed by the prince of demons. As a demon they called Beelzebub. And uh, here in Mark 3.30 it says, Because they said he, Jesus, has an unclean spirit. Well, now Jesus did not have an unclean spirit. Jesus is as pure as you can get. But they were, they knew who Jesus was. And the Jewish leaders of, of Jesus' days committed what they call the unpardonable sin by accusing Jesus Christ of being demon-possessed or accusing God's Spirit had a demon. See, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, 
that is the very spirit of God himself. And they were already, they were making fun and accusing God himself of having a demon. And uh, that right there, they said that would be an unpardonable sin, is accusing God himself of having a demon and being demonized. And uh, we know that's not true. There's no way. And, and the thing about it is, they said that uh, these Pharisees had no excuse for even saying this or this type of action. They were not speaking out of ignorance or misunderstanding. See, the Pharisees really and truly knew who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah. He was sent by God to save Israel. But they didn't want to recognize Jesus as that Messiah because they wanted all the recognition themselves in the churches. They, they stood up. People looked to them in the churches. They did not want to lose that recognition. They still wanted to be recognized. They still wanted to be looked up to. They still wanted people coming to them. But they knew that if they recognized Christ as a Messiah, that they would be going to Jesus. And so they were trying to, to discourage the people even, even believing in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and they also knew that the prophecies that had been prophesied were being fulfilled by Jesus through the power of the Spirit. And so they were doing everything they could to come against the Spirit himself. And uh, <clears throat> they saw Jesus' great works. They heard his very clear presentation of God's Word. Now these, these Pharisees, above all people, should have known what God's Word was. They should have, and they did know that, that Jesus was preaching and teaching the true gospel of God. That this wasn't a bunch of falseness, but it was the truth. And they didn't want it. But they deliberately chose to deny the truth and they slandered and they lied against the name of the Holy Spirit. Uh, these Pharisees, they just, they just closed their eyes to God's truth and they willingly became became blind to the truth of God. And then Jesus pronounced on them the sin to be unfavorable, unforgivable. And that was the condemnation or going against the Holy Spirit. Unbelief in God, unbelief in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you cannot be saved. You can't be saved. There's no belief in God, in the, Holy, in the Son of God, and in the Holy Spirit. There's no way you can be saved. I'm going to show you that in just a minute. The unpardonable sin today is that of continued unbelief. There is no pardon for a person who dies in their rejection of Christ. If you have rejected Christ and you die, you're going to hell. The Bible tells us this. Look here in John 3.36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. He that believes not in the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God will abide on him forever. He will be in hell for all eternity, forever and ever, for unbelief on Jesus Christ. And uh, the Holy Spirit is at work in the world right now convicting the unsaved. He's convicting them of their sin. 
their unrighteousness and the judgment that is to come. Here in, in John 16, 8, it tells us this very thing. And when the Spirit is come, and He has come, He will convict the world of sin, of their unrighteousness, and of the judgment to come. He is convicting people right now. As a matter of fact, that's what it should be drawing us to God now. It's a conviction of the Holy Spirit drawing us to God, making us feel inside of us, hey, I need God in my life. I need to change my ways. I know my life isn't right. I know I'm living in sin. I know I'm unrighteous. And I know that I will stand before the judgment. See, they know this. And they should be saying, Lord, I am coming to you and I'm receiving you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I don't want to go to hell. Lord, I want to be in your grace. I want to be with you. And uh, if a person resists, that conviction of the Spirit and remains unrepentant, then they are choosing hell over heaven. See, this is their choice. They are being drawn, they're being called. But if they're refusing this and refusing to come and refusing to accept Jesus Christ, they have no one to blame but their sin. They are making the choice of where they're going to spend eternity. And God gives each one of us that choice. God doesn't make us come to Him. He gave us a free will. But He says... That if you do not believe in me, you do not accept my son Jesus Christ, you do not believe in the Holy Spirit, you cannot be saved. Because it is going to be our belief and our confession of faith in Christ that gets us to heaven. <clears throat> and there is no forgiveness for anyone who dies without Christ. If we died and we have never accepted Christ, you're not saved. You're on your way to hell. The Bible makes it, see, the Bible don't beat around the bush. The Bible comes right out and tells us exactly like it is. The Bible wants us to understand why religion or our belief and our service to God is so important. And uh, to reject our only Savior is to be left with no means of salvation. If we reject Jesus Christ, we have no other way to be saved. It is only through Christ that we can be saved. And that's what he told us over there in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to God except through me. Through me, he means by believing I am the Son of God. I came, I died on that cross, I rose that third day, and now I'm sitting at the right hand of God in heaven. If you believe this and you believe it in your heart, you're saved. If we confess him with our mouth, and believe in our heart, Jesus says, you're saved. See, like I said, Jesus never made salvation difficult. He never, never made salvation hard. He didn't make it hard to understand. Very simple. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Now, I don't know how much simpler God can make that. And people still have a problem with it. I don't believe in God. Now, they got the problem. Without believing in God, you cannot have eternal life. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you can't have eternal life. If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, which is God himself, you don't have eternal life. So God makes it pretty clear. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. We have to believe in them. They have to be in our heart. And we have to confess them 
as God. They are a trinity. They're three, but they are one. They're one God, but they're three individuals. Each one's got a job to do. I know that sometimes they say, well, I don't understand how, how you can have three in one. Take water. Say God's water. Say Jesus. Say he's ice. Say the Holy Spirit's steam. Okay. All of it is what? Out of water. And each one has a separate job to do. That's just like the, that's just like the Trinity. Each one has a separate job to do. And, and they will do their job. And, and some people today, I've had them ask me, Bill, how can I know? Well, I'm, how do I know I haven't committed that unpardonable sin? I said, for one thing, you're asking yourself and you're questioning yourself. If you're doing that, you hadn't committed it. Listen. I just wrote this up here. He said, there are some people today who fear they may have committed some sin that God cannot or will not forgive. They feel there's no hope for them no matter what they do. And you know, there's no belief that Satan would rather have us to, to believe than this right here. That God cannot forgive you. As long as we have faith and believe in God, believe in Jesus Christ, and believe in the Holy Spirit, you haven't committed the sin that would keep you from going to heaven. God gives us an encouragement. He encourages the sinner who is convicted of his sin to repent. If you repent, you shall be saved. In James 4, 8, it tells us, come near to God and God will come near to you. Have you ever noticed that? The closer you want to draw to God, the more you pray to God, the more your faith is enacted into God, the closer you feel to God. That's what it's saying. The closer we draw ourselves to God, the closer God comes to us. And then here in Romans 5.20, listen to this. It says, But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. God's grace is greater than any sin that we can commit here. God's grace is a forgiving grace. As long as you believe in God the Father, God the Son, and, and, and God the Holy Spirit, you're safe. You're not condemning God like these Pharisees did. You're not condemning Jesus like these Pharisees did. And you're not condemning and saying things against the Holy Spirit that these Pharisees did. They knew better. And I'm going to show you something here in just a minute that, that Paul, no, I'm not going to do that on this one. But it says that God's grace is greater than our sin. That is one thing that we need to be so thankful for, and that's God's grace. God's love, His mercy, His understanding. We're human. We're flesh. And God knows this. You know, I bet a lot of us have done things that we shouldn't have done, and we can all admit that. But that moment we come to God with a true, repentant heart, God forgives us. God forgives us. Here... <clears throat> Here in uh, 1 Timothy, 
112, this is kind of Paul's testimony about what, how he feels and what God has done for him. Remember, Paul was not always Paul. He used to be Paul of Taurus. He was a Roman. He hated the Christians. He persecuted the Christians. He wanted to put Christians to death. He wanted to put Christians in prison. He wanted to do away with all Christians. But then God got a hold of Paul. As Paul was on his way to Damascus, that's when God got a hold of Paul. You know, Paul was very, very reliable. He was very sincere in what he did for the Roman government. He wanted to do justice. He wanted to do what was right in the Roman government's eyes. And I think God saw this. This as a devout man. He is serious about what he does. Now, I'm going to change Paul, and I'm going to use him for me. And he's going to be very serious about his relationship with me, what he does for me, and how he serves me. And that's exactly what Paul did. He was on his way to Damascus. It said like a bolt of light or light hit him, knocked him off his horse. He became blind. Then they sent Cornelius to him. He said, I want you to go pray for Paul, and I want you to open his eyes. Cornelius, well, he's a, he's a Roman. He hates us Christians. He said, do what I said. You're going to be safe. But he went and he prayed for Paul. Paul's eyes were opened. Paul's whole life changed. Many things that Paul, many things that God has done in our life is what changed us. Just like what God did in Paul's life changed Paul. There's people here today that if God hadn't intervened in your life, where would you be today? Where would you be? You'd be out in this world. You'd be serving the world. You wouldn't be sitting here in church. You wouldn't be serving God. You'd be serving self. You'd be serving the world. You'd be serving Satan, doing what he wants. But, but Paul said yes. When, when, when Paul's eyes were open, he knew that it was God. And that changed Paul's whole life. And then Paul gives a little testimony here in 1 Timothy uh, verse, I mean, chapter 1, verse 12 through 15. And this is Paul speaking. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Paul probably never even dreamed anything or thought about he would be in, a, in the ministry of the Lord. <clears throat> Who was before? Paul said, I was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an injurious, injured the Christian people. He had them put to death even. If y'all remember, y'all remember Stephen? He was the first martyr. He was the first one that was killed. Paul was there. As these men were stoning Stephen, Paul was standing there watching. He was holding their coats for them. Well, they stoned Stephen. Paul was there watching Stephen be stoned. This was before uh, he was on his way to Damascus. But that's how Paul served the Roman government. He tried to do away with all Christians, put them in jail, have them killed, whatever. <clears throat> so he says... I was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, an injurious. I, I would even want to see these people injured. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. Paul said, I didn't know what I was doing. It was before I come to know who God was. I did it in unbelief. I didn't believe in God. But when God touched me, it changed my whole life. And that's part of the way with most of us. When God got a hold of us and touched us, 
a whole life change. You're not that person you used to be. And here in verse 14 it says, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the chief or whom I am the worst of all of them. But he saved me. If Paul is saying if he can save me, if he can do for me what he did, he can do it for anybody. Anybody. He says all you have to do is let Jesus come into your heart, believe and not doubt, and watch what God can do and how God can change your life. And I, I know there's people right here right now that can give a testimony of what God has done for them and how he's changed their life. And, uh, but this is the way God does. He says, you have to believe. You have to believe. There's no other way to heaven. There's no other way to God except through faith. It says, without faith we cannot please God. We have to believe and not doubt. When we believe and not doubt, God says, I'm here. I will hear your prayers. I will answer your prayers. And then over the Old Testament, God says, and I will show you great and mighty things when you pray that you did not know. And he will. He'll show us things that we did not know, but it will open our eyes to many, many things that lies ahead of us and the things that are in front of us right now. If you have a friend, or maybe even you yourself, are suffering from a load of guilt today, because of sin in your life, rest assured God is waiting to receive you right now. He won't turn you away. There's not a person here now that has committed what they call the unpardonable sin of not believing in the Holy Spirit. You had to believe in the Holy Spirit before you could be healed. God knows our hearts. He knows our minds. He knows our spirit. He knows what's going on inside of each one of us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Just put your faith, your trust in God. Say, Lord, I belong to you. I give myself to you. I, I ask that you be in charge of my life. You know, that's what Paul did. Paul asked God, God, I can't do this. What you're asking me to do, I can't do. But I can through you. And that's the way we all are. We can all do things through Christ who gives us strength. It's Jesus who gives us our strength to serve him, to walk with him, to do the things that he wants us to do. We don't do it on our own. We do it through the power of the Spirit, through the power of God's love. That's the way we do. That's what Christians do. And that's the way we serve God. It's through our faith. Most Christians have no unbelief in their heart. No doubt. Some of them are still learning. But you know, God says, says right here, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Where there was sin, it abounded in your life. Now God's grace abounds more than that sin, and He has forgiven it. But we've all had sin in our life. Every one of us. 
God removed him. He gave us a heart for him. That's what he did for David. So David made mistakes, but God said David was a man after his own heart. He had a heart for God. He loved God. He made mistakes, but he loved God. And God knew he loved him. God knew he was flesh and blood. He knew he was going to make mistakes just like he knows you and I are going to make mistakes. But he's there for us. When we come to him, say, Lord, I messed up, and I'm asking you for your forgiveness. And God says, you're forgiven. So that's the only way that we can make it to heaven is through faith in God, through faith in God the Son, and faith in God the Holy Spirit. When we have that, it says you are sure of your home in heaven. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, your, for you, God. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, for sending your Son. Thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that comes and convicts us when we do things wrong. Lord, thank you for everything that you've done in our life and for the things that you're going to do. So, Lord, we just give you praise. And, Lord, I ask that you just be with everybody that's here today. Watch over them. Keep them safe. And, Lord, use them mightily for your glory. And, Lord, may we all speak up for you when we have that opportunity that we can say something to somebody, Lord, through the power of the Holy Spirit that will turn that person to you. So, Lord, thank you for everything. And we pray this thing in Jesus' name. Amen.